I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the A-Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Not enough what nice words can do it justice. Andy Quilson, as always, joined by Andy Simmons. Hello, everyone. Hello. I'm now a year older. Happy birthday. Thank you. As I mentioned on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Unless I said you couldn't help yourself, you can't be nice, can you? I was being nice. I was just trying to get you some more... um, more response on your Twitter by adding a quirky tweet, which, uh, you know, would then tell my followers that it was your birthday. Oh, okay. So, oh. you know, well, those, that, those that don't follow you. The thought was there. Do you, uh, do you know what we need to do? What? We need to get our intro changed. Why? Well, because it, as great as it, as it is, it doesn't, it's not the full name anymore. We changed it after a few weeks, didn't we, in the intro, missing out the word. Wrestling, I think. But do you not remember how hard it was to get someone to make us an introduction? No, in but the first our audience, place? our audience is far greater now than it was when we started. So therefore, if there is anyone listening who fancies doing us a fantastic little jingle to lead us in, uh, it's been on my mind every time I listen to it back. I think, ah, oh, we need to address that. I can tell when we start the podcast every week. There's always something on your mind, and I'm, I'm glad that we've just put our <laughs> finger on what that something is. Um, so yeah, if, if we can just try and make Andy smile, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I'm, yeah, but I'm you, happy you with don't it. have an attention to detail. No, I do. I just do so much stuff that um, I I've learned that you can't be perfect, Andy. So you just got to put the stuff so, out. If you al- not, he, if you always strive for, for like so you you try to do the best job you can do. Yeah, that's right? all I'm asking for. Is but all I'm saying to slot the word wrestling in and you're I asking do it someone to, you're asking someone to do the hard work for you is what you're asking. No, I just don't know how to do it myself. Okay, so. and you wouldn't be bothered to learn, would you? I haven't got time. Definitely do. Well, you've got time. You've got a computer right in front of you. You could just. Do I mean, it. that's and that's the story of our lives, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, it was just a thought, just just throw it out there. I'd be really grateful. Okay, if anyone wants to make Andy happy, like I say, it doesn't bother me too much. I no, like, because your attention I to like detail is awful. That's why. So, it's not the right name of the podcast. I would make it. I would make a joke about you, but it'd probably get me in trouble. So I'm not going to. Yeah. So good. Um, another year older. Yeah. Another year wiser. Yeah, probably. Been up to anything? No. His wife's birthday yesterday, that was nice. Took the took shine away from your birthday week, did she? Yeah, she does that every year. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if we did anything. Uh, no, I had the weekend off from training. I had last night off because uh, it was Lindsay's birthday. So I'm sure I did something very fun, but it slipped my mind. It's good to know you made... Uh, a bit boring, isn't it? But you made uh, good use of your time. Um, I watched The Greatest Showman. Oh yes, weekend. I've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, yeah we'll discuss off air why I think it resonates with you. I forgot that we were going to have this discussion mm. of why I think you like it so much. But okay, I've got an interesting theory that we'll discuss off air. Okay, and then, and, and uh, then we'll come back. I, we? I'm not sure we're. Should we just stop now and then come back? Okay, just briefly. Yeah. Okay, briefly. Okay, right. so pretend this hasn't happened. So Andy, I've given you my theory. What do you think? Uh, I think you could be right, but unfortunately, we're not allowed. Not we're not allowed. I'd just rather we didn't divulge um, your theory. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We can't talk about that. We can't talk about that. No, because okay. it could well destroy my marriage in, oh, yeah. <laughs> in one podcast episode. Um, so, um, uh, but good film though. Very right? good film. Yeah. And yeah. like, I thought it could have been a bit more, a bit longer, a bit more detailed. Mm. I thought. So Harrison, who comes training, he said this. He said, 
it's a bit like Greece. That the music's really good, but the story is pretty shallow. Uh, I thought the story was good, but just not visited enough. Yeah, we well, just like, kind of just breezed through. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Oh, we've got a problem. Oh, we dealt with it. It's a bit like Total Divas. Do you know what I mean? In like, oh, there's a problem. Do not knock Total Divas. I'm not knocking it. I enjoy Total. Well, I enjoy it when I watch it. Um, but yeah. So they had a, a storyline between Lana and Natty, mm-hmm. which went on for episodes. Really? Yeah. Natty was a bit of a bitch as well. She threw Lana's phone into the. She was going to throw it into the ocean, but she went out throwing it down onto the sand. That's oh, right. okay. Good episode. Larry. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying, Total Divas is a. I think you're not giving it enough credit. It's no, not, no, no. Not always. Read. Not all well, altercations okay. are resolved in one episode. It's also like The Simpsons, you know. It's just like we've got. But anyway, you, your point does stand, but I think the music is brilliant. The story just sort of breezes through. Every issue is dealt with within three minutes. Yeah, which isn't a problem. It's a great film, and I'm amazed at how many people um, also really like it. Um, I haven't yeah. seen one. I've seen a couple of people. So Haley said she she didn't she had no. I was like, oh, I've got us a film to watch because you were obviously raving about it. Mm-hmm. Just kept popping up on my Twitter timeline on my Facebook news feed. So I was like, oh, well, let's give this a go then. Let's uh, yep. picked it up. So I was going to buy it on the TV because my gimmick is now like I don't like physical things because no, me too. Um, takes up space. Yeah, it takes up space, and I think that's the world we live in. Like if you go to an old people's home, it's all cluttered, right? Mm-hmm. You go to a new age person's home, it's like. It's yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, um, and where it was, it used to be like, so I remember when I was little, like my auntie's house being like the most amazing, like coolest house. But now if you go to it, it's actually an old person's house. Right. It's not like, do you know it what I mean? It's not horrible, but like, yeah, it's still got the hi-fi. Yeah. I think, I don't really remember, but like, you know, like ornaments everywhere, like mm-hmm. CDs everywhere, like, you know, stacked up and yeah. DVDs and stuff like that. You know, we so it was just probably a 90s house. Wasn't yeah, it? It was, yeah. And it still is a 90s house. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, yeah, that's weird how our times have changed. Um, but anyway, I was going to buy it on, uh, on the TV, but it was something like a, uh, it was maybe even eleven or twelve ninety nine on the TV in standard definition. If you want HD, you had to pay a bit more, I think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm lying. I don't know. Was it eleven or twelve ninety nine? But in Tesco's, the DVD was nine ninety nine, so it's a no brainer, really, is it? Yeah. So I had to go with a nine ninety nine and well. got the club card points. Okay. So well done. You know, double winner. Sure. Um, so um, so yeah, and I showed it to Haley, and I was like, oh, I've got a film to watch, and she almost got kind of almost excited about the fact yeah. I've got a film to watch and I showed her that DVD and her face just dropped but she wound up watching it and loved it yeah. so it's a very easy to watch film um, yeah, a lot it's of, not too long um, and there's a lot of parallels to wrestling as well isn't oh there? loads My, see the bit when you said to me on the text I know why you love it so much I thought it was actually going to be there's just one bit which I tell everyone who's not seen it but there's just a bit where the big fat man he meets Barnum and he says and he goes how, old, uh, how heavy are you and he says oh, I'd rather not say and he says, come on, whisper it to me. And he goes, 450 pounds. And then be- before this man, the world's fattest man, was his like gimmick, uh, had finished, Barnum goes, 750 pounds. And that's just professional wrestling through and through, isn't it? And there's so. a big grin on the fat guy's face. Yeah, he loves it. He's <laughs> like, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of uh, lots of connotations of professional wrestling. And I like to call myself a world's greatest showman now. Yeah. So, oh, so does every other indie wrestler on the planet. So maybe don't um, get used to that. Oh. I was thinking I could get myself one of those suits to wear at the wrestling oh, shows. Oh, don't worry. I think Ross Jordan was tweeting about it yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just a day late on everything. If only <laughs> I watched that movie, like, when but you I said... But I told you to. Yeah. yeah. I've had it three, four weeks, I think, and we must have watched it, no exaggeration, 20 times. Well, that's interesting. sometimes it'll come on twice a day. Well, I, well that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I never, never need to watch it again. I've really? watched it. And there's you going, like, oh, I've got no time. Stop mm. watching The Greatest Showman repeats. Yeah. But it's better than watching... Um, 
What's that other thing she likes to watch now? Uh, oh, God, I tweeted about it the other day. 13 Reasons Why. Oh, I'm watching that. But season yeah. two. Season two. Season two is nowhere near as good as season See, one. See, I've not even seen season one. So oh, I'm season one's brilliant. Bored senseless. Season yeah. one's brilliant, but season two's a bit heavy. And it's like all these kids are so dramatic. They're 17 years old. Like, grow up, go and play in the park or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Take up smoking. Do something like <laughs> but that. Like, no, but it's like, but it's so unrealistic. Like, again, like this is where I find out it's based on real life events. But, with 13 Reasons Why, what I'd say is I think they probably got told off for the first season because now this season there's like a thing at the start of the episode or the uh, first start of the yeah. season where they all talk out of character and say like if you've got problems then go to this and at the end of every it's episode... like British show. <laughs> <laughs> where you can go meet the wrestlers and they talk out of yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. And then like uh, at the end of the episode it says again like uh, if, you've got, if you suffer from any of these issues go to this website. And I, to me it's like oh, they probably got told off for not really... Uh, dealing with the subject matter sure. in the in the first ones but like it's just I don't know it's weird but I'm kind of strangely I'm I'm going to see it through okay yeah I'm about six episodes in so right we're like nearly halfway there okay oh, do you know what I started watching on Netflix was that, uh, that you telling me about that boxing fight club yeah but it's a Scouse guy isn't it Sean I don't know have you seen it or not I've watched like the first episode. And he's, like, tra- he's trying to run unlicensed, not unlicensed, but like, yeah, uh, like bare knuckle boxing. Bare knuckle boxing fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, and yeah. Just, I really like, like it. And, like, yeah. and there's like the woman who just like enjoys watching her husband get battered. Oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah she's, she's Welsh, isn't she? Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. That's not Welsh, but yeah. Yeah, it's a bit brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. yeah. And like, uh, I, I was looking at it, I was like, oh, maybe I should start promoting these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also, I was they thinking, got their record crowd one day, didn't they? Like, oh, I think we could sell 300 tickets to that. Yeah. Said, or something like. I was going to text you and go, oh, you get a few venues out of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. yeah. One in deep in the heart of Wales. and Yeah. yeah. So that was good. There you go. A few recommendations for you. Um, Great showman. 13 reasons. And whatever it is. Boxing. Bare knuckle fighting bare club, club or something. Boxing fight club, yeah. Um, can I just tell you a story quickly? Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to get on to, we're on to wrestling now. This is okay. wrestling business. This is real life wrestling business, right? So I'm not happy at the moment, Andy. Okay. Do you know why? Go on. So, I've invested in a new van, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yes. So, um, as you know, there's a wrestling school. I'm telling you know, but I'm telling mm-hmm. the telling the uh, the world, mm-hmm. the listeners, that we have a uh, the wrestling school owns a owns a van, mm-hmm. which we have the rings, which we transport our rings in. We do ring hire, as we said. Our rings are available for hire. We now do kids parties on kids locations, parties on well. location, whatever you want. Yep. Um, so we do we do all that stuff, and of course. When when Revolution Pro Wrestling runs shows, uh, you know we use a, a wrestling school ring van to do stuff, right? But every now and again it's double booked, or every now and again it's in for repair um, for a long time, and every now and again it's uh, I need two vans. Like for example, um, we have our uh, New Japan shows coming up, and I'm going to take two vans to that because I need one van to carry all the thousands of pieces of merchandise I'm taking and one van to carry a ring. So we need two vans. But every time I need an extra van, I have to pay money for said van. So I figure for, um, you know, the amount of money I spend on, which is interesting because I was just sat here with my my accountant, the running accountant. If anyone's looking (laughs) for an accountant, he's not like any accountant. He's a running accountant. Literally, he runs. He runs. Yeah. He runs. uh, Marathons. You were telling us, wasn't he? Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he he now, um, he's left the firm that he was originally working for in suit and tie and now he just rocks up in high-vis shorts and t-shirt and I'm not describing Andy Boy Simmons <laughs> it's not me my, I promise my, yeah, my accountant literally rocks up in shorts and t-shirt um, so his office is anywhere so today this morning his office was my office um, 
Anyway, what, how did I even get to? Are we talking about the fan? You're going to get to the fan. Oh, okay. Fan out. So. Um, oh, so, oh, so when I sat with my accountant, I saw the amount of money I spent per year. I spent last year on van hire, right? And it was a little bit less than the deposit I paid on the van. Okay. Right. Only a little bit though, right? So I figure with an increased schedule, it's going to come in handy having that extra van, right? And um, and also it's going to help us with our, um, you know, clearing the mess in our wrestling school because it's going to have a. It will store like a different ring, a big, a big ring, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, currently in our school. But I was looking at it yesterday. Actually, we can push the ring right back into the corner, create a bit more space. Okay, you know, right. it's gonna, it's gonna really open the place up a little bit. You know, to it. should we do um, that tonight? Yeah, let's do it tonight. Yeah, we can't though, can we? Why? We're going to tell the people why we can't get your ring out and get it into the van. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm with you. Yeah. I thought we were going to allude to the fact that we're recording on a Wednesday and then we weren't going to be oh. like... <laughs> no, we are a no. day late, everyone. Yeah, we we're day late. No, we can't do anything with my ring and my van because I went to training last night. So I went to training, came back three hours later. Van was missing. It wasn't there. Yep. <laughs> right? So I, I messaged Dan McGee, who's, who drove the van, parked it up. I said, where did you... Because like, I'd seen the van when we went to pick it up. Um, and then I had to nip back, right? So I left Dan there, and I came. I came back to Portsmouth to go and do my family man stuff because I'm a family man, you know. Yeah. Um, so I get back, and, and I saw. I thought I saw the van because there's like two vans next to each other, and one of them was actually our van, mm-hmm. and then there was another van which looked pretty similar to our van. So I just assumed it was my new van. Yeah. Right. But then I came back from training. And that van wasn't there. It was a van-sized hole. So I just texted Dan McGee. I was probably going mad, but I just texted Dan McGee and I said, like, where did you park the van, mate? And he says he parked the van. He says he parked the van, like, exactly where I thought it was. And I call him up and I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. I was like, for sake. I think the van's been nicked. Not there. Nowhere to be seen. So I call the police and I'm like, oh, I think I need to report a stolen vehicle. Like, I've just got... And they asked me the scenario I said about it. I said, just, you know... He enters in the details and he's like, oh, well, I've got some good news for you and some bad news. He's like, the good news is your van hasn't actually been stolen. The bad news is it's been impounded. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, the alarm kept going off and it was upsetting the neighbours. So environmental health have impounded, have had the van impounded. And I was like, where is it? And the guy tells me it's at this place. And I was like, have you got a number for it? And the guy literally, the policeman said to me on the phone, he said this, he goes, well, all I'm going to do, mate, is enter the company in on Google and find the number on Google. And I was like, all right, then. Well, I'll do that. And he's like, no, no, I'm doing it now. I'm doing Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, you're another. Right? You're another. F the police side. No, I, I like, well, it's another story for another day. Like, the police, I get scared and intimidated every time I see a policeman. Every time I'm driving and I see a police car near me, I get scared. Every time I see walking the streets, a police car drives by, I get scared. Mental. Right? Because the police are there to protect us, yet the... Um, well, why is that their fault? No, I'm not saying it's a... Po- no, I'm not saying it's the police's fault, but what I'm saying is it's mental what I feel intimidated by the sight of police, right? When the police are supposed to be there to protect us. When we see police, we're supposed to have a feeling of being at ease. But I see the police and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, but when, when I see the police, I'm like, phew, I'm safe. Oh, good for you. Is that because... Are you trying to say that because I'm white and you're black? No, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm oh. just saying that's genuinely that's my... That's just all thought. I see on Twitter, isn't it? But every time yeah. but every time I talk about... Every time I talk about this with people, most people generally agree with me. They get uneasy when they see police. Oh, like, I, I always joke that when my dog Simba sees a police dog, he shits himself. Right. So... <laughs> um, oh. So... 
Um, sounds to me like you and your, your mates are guilty for the wow. sounds of it. Um, so anyway, um, I call up this place this morning. I'm like, yeah. so I go, uh, and like, do you know what I'm thinking? It's like environmental health, right? I'm like, for alarm going off, like the van was parked across the road from my house, right? Now, I never, and it was like, granted it was down the side street, but I would have heard, if it was causing a nuisance, I would have heard it, right? Now, I was like, I never heard it. It obviously wasn't last night. The van was still there when I left. The alarm wasn't going off when I left, right? Now, it must have been going off in those three hours that I was gone from tr- gone for training. Yep. It must have been going off during that time, right? And I'm like, cool, how on earth? Though. But how on earth does someone yeah. manage to get a van impounded in that time? I've got someone who parks in front of so. The house is on my street. There's a there's a garages at the back of the houses, and there's like an alleyway which leads to the garages. There's someone who consistently every single night parks his car in the middle of the um uh, of the entrance to the alleyway, so you can only come in and out one way because dudes parked his car in the entrance totally illegally all night, all night. Really? Sometimes in the morning, you'll get like sometimes in the middle of the day. Yeah. He just parks in the entrance. Okay. Right. Totally illegally. His car's never been impounded. I'm like, how has this happened? So quickly is your point. So quickly. Like, surely, like, if something like that, there's due process. Let's find out whose van it is and let's call them or let's knock on their door. Because the van's registered. Yeah. Who lives across the road from me? I don't know, Andy. You'll have to tell the listeners. A knobhead. Because that's what he is Mm. from the Environmental Health Services. Okay. And he's obviously just called up his mate and been like, oh, Trev. Get rid of his van. It's doing my nutting. You know, I'm trying to have a Barbie in the bar- in the garden, and like his van keeps beeping. So uh, Trev's come round with his pickup, towed it off, towed it away. Called that company this morning. Uh, it looks like it was a council decision. You're gonna have to speak to the council. But well, I just want my van back. You need to speak to the council. Have you got a number for the council with the relevant department I should be uh, talking to? She's like, oh yeah, let me give you this a number. She gives me a number. I call the number. Just rings through. I call the council switchboard. They put me through to someone. They're like, no, it's nothing to do with us. You're going to have to call uh, the, uh, this other department. Like, can you put me through? Yep. They put me through. Just rings through. Right? No answer. I try three different other numbers. Can't get hold of anyone. Right? So I know who has the van. Right? Just can't get hold of anyone. To get it sorted out. To pay your bet. To pay and your I just debt want it. And I don't think I should be paying the debt because it's a new van. Like the the company that purchased that if the electrics are dodgy on the van. Yeah. That's not on me. That's on the company which. Uh, well, you know who you need to talk to about this. Who? Rishi Ghosh. His dad. This is Rishi's words, and Rishi told me today he's a listener. Oh really? Yeah. What his dad? No, no. Rishi. Oh, I got Rishi's excited a listener. Then. Uh, but Rishi has told me previously his dad will deal with. All these fines, so he's got he's got himself, sorry, out of all sort of parking tickets, and so he will contest them. So maybe talk to, you know, set up a meeting with and Mr. I will, Ghosh. I will contest it as well. Yeah. I will contest it. Like okay. it's absolute balls. And like I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be like, I want to see the due diligence. I want to see the, the the you know what led you to taking this course of action hmm. because. Well, I just assume, uh, I just assume the fact that it was creating such a noise. The alarm. Mate, how many times have you heard? Cal- how many times have you heard car-, car alarms going off in the street? Well, I don't really live anywhere near you, so. Oh, whatever. You know, I'm I just really saying. That kind of area. I'm just saying. You often hear car alarms going off, and nothing gets done. 
just when it happens to be next to the environmental health man's house, mm. he gets done. Yeah, you're probably right. right? Yeah, and all I'm just, saying is that there, there must be up. some kind of due course in terms of how it gets dealt with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, mean, I just can't see obstruction. That's one thing, but like a noise, like a noise constantly, woo woo woo. I can imagine that would drive people up the wall. To, it might become okay. a priority. Yeah, it might become priority. But when I left just before seven p.m. Mm-hmm. to um, to the school, it wasn't going off. The alarm was not going off. No. When I came back at half past nine, the van was gone. <laughs> so in that time... It's a mystery. Do you know what I mean? You'll like, find out though. You'll find out on some paperwork what time it was. But I'm going to be... Yeah, but... And, and they'll be like, oh, well, it's been there for three days doing this. And I'll be like, got ya. The van didn't even belong to me three days ago. Mm-hmm. Knobs. Yeah. Anyway, I'm fuming. I can tell. So You've told me three times now. You've, story, you've so. set me off. You've set me off on the wrong foot. And okay. now I don't want to talk anymore. So well, you you carry the okay. episode. Well, we're going to so so uh, so we're going to we have got a topic today, which we're going to get to. But uh, yesterday, if you can believe it, it, was 19 years since Owen Hart died, and what I thought might be nice was only a brief discussion. Where you were? Were you watching it live um, on Sky? What I Sports? thought would be nice. <laughs> Sorry. What I thought would be is that nice. what I said? Yeah. No, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to piece it's it not together. Not really appropriate, into a is it? Well, no, I'm not saying we're so. So you're referring it. to Over the Edge uh, 99. Yeah. Um, and you're you're asking. I'm just saying for our memories of that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Um, so, I so I never watched it live. Okay. I knew it had happened because it was in the paper. It was in the newspaper. I remember it was in the Sun. I think I've got still got a. It uh, probably wouldn't have been in the Sun the following day because the pay view was like two a.m. or three a.m. Okay, maybe it wasn't in the following day, but I know for a fact I've got the newspaper. School, I've got the newspaper cutting where it yeah. was on there, and I remember they, there was a bit on the Big Breakfast. Would that still be? Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's yeah. a bit on the Big Breakfast in the news mm-hmm. um, about about it, um, and like there was you know it was knowledge that the wrestler had died, and I remember um, and. And I didn't really know, like, again, I, the gravity of the situation didn't really hit me at all. I knew he'd died. Um, but, like, it's weird because wrestling puts you in this weird place where lots of people die. But I remember, like, for example, when Brian Pillman died, it was before the show Bad Blood yeah. in 97. The show just carried on. They had, like, a, a graphic and the show just happened and carried on. Mm. And then the next night on Raw, they obviously did a tribute. And when the Owen stuff happened, I assumed it was something similar. Okay. Oh, um, so you didn't realise it was during I the didn't realise. I didn't... Like I said, I don't realise it. And maybe I did know it was during the show, but I didn't realise the gravity of the situation, really. I just knew that the show had finished and there was a new WWF champion at the end of it. Okay. Right? So, you know, I, I, I guess in my naive childhood sense, I just kind of figured that it can't have been... You know... I'm, I'm so trying to be careful... 13? 12? I don't know. Well, how old were you in 1999? Uh, well, what year were you born? So I'd been 12, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm 32 now. So would it be 12? Or third? Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I was a young adolescent. Yeah. And uh, I remember I went to Sandra and Bill's to pick up the tape. Because they used to tape it for me. We never had skies. We've documented it. And Sandra was your neighbour or something, is it? She was our neighbour, yeah. She lived, they lived down the, down the road from me next to the alleyway. Okay. And... Um, I knocked on the door and Bill answered and he's like, oh, have you, he said like, oh, before we give you this, we want to kind of, I was going to speak to your mum about this first. Right. And you got to remember, like when I used to go and knock for videotapes, um, I've never been so scared. I'm so scared. 
I always used to be like, Mom, can you go to Sandra Mills to get the wrestling? <laughs> and I used to be scared. And my anxiety used to range from, number one, what if they've forgotten to record it? And there's, and, and there's that be awkward... But no, not so much my disappointment. I would be disappointed. But that awkward moment... Because normally there was a repeat on during the week as yeah. well. So if they did forget, you'd be like, oh, could you record repeat on Thursday at 8 o'clock? Or what, do you know what I mean? But like... What if I'd forgotten to record it? That's always used to go through my mind. And, th- and I'm going to have that awkward moment where I'm like, okay. And then like that, that walk of shame back up the back up the road. You want to be like, where's the tape? Oh, uh, just didn't do it, did they? Sandra yeah. forgot to record it. But I've, I've been there as a kid when we videotape it. From a video plus, you'd type in the numbers. I do remember, like I remember yeah. the TV guys had that in my auntie. But sometimes... That, but we never had that. You no. Know. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we have video plus so I, I think once you got video plus it was pretty foolproof but before that you'd have to do something called set record which yeah. is I probably know I've not said that term in 20 years probably anyway uh, there'd be a few times where you wake up all excited again what's happened I've set the wrong time dad's done it wrong or, you, or he's done you the know? wrong channel yeah because yeah. you have to do you have to do a certain channel like, you'd have to put it on the channel like, I think so like, yeah so when I later got Sky like when I did, I did a paper round and got on digital which was a version of Sky mm-hmm. um, when it had Sky Sports anyway you, it always used to be Channel 7 so like you know like you'd you have to leave, it on, you have to leave it on Channel 7 on the, yeah. the but Remarkable. anyway so anyway um, you go up to Sergeant so, Bills you get your tape yeah, and he, I, says, well, I, he says like I go to get the tape and he's like oh, have you spoken to your mum about you know, we want to speak to your mum about this before we kind of give you a tape because we've heard something nasty happen on the show and I just kind of said I know I remember I don't even know why I remember so clearly I was just like Oh yeah, yeah. One of the wrestlers died. Yeah, but that was in rehearsals. All right, okay. I, do you know yeah. what I mean? I just wanted the tape. Mm-hmm. I thought that was in rehearsals, and like I, my mum wasn't even in. I like, um, so I get um, he he winds up going. Oh, she knows, does she? He's like, yeah, yeah, she's fine with it. You know, that was in rehearsals. The show, they still did the show, so you know, you don't see anything. He gives me the tape. Young naive me goes back home to watch it, and like I swear, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I was just, I was, I was genuinely scarred really? by it. Yeah, like because yeah. I did, like I don't think I realised what I was about to see, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that, you know, after it happened, seeing Jeff Jarrett and Deborah, you know, after it happened, yeah, you know, clearly visibly cracked and broken, and Jr's announcement, and it just made me feel horrible. And like that was the first time I realised. I, I, well, I'm sure I'd feel like that even if something like that, that happened today. But that was the first time I realised, really, yes. And I guess I was kind of maturing, coming to this conclusion. But I was like, yes, I'm still a child, and yes, I shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? I shouldn't be seeing. You shouldn't have seen stuff it. like no, I shouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I just felt like I shouldn't have seen it. Yeah. Like I really did. And like my mum came in, I was just like, oh, in heart's dead. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, and I still remember it. Like I, I don't know, just weird yeah. and that's, so that's my that's my thoughts on it it's quite a horrible quite more, but maybe I should have yeah. gone first yeah go on then yeah. you t- well it, it, it was just I, I tried to stay up for the pay-per-views but the thing is my mum and dad's bedroom was right next to mine and after say nine, this was when I was 15 I was year 11 and uh, no it wasn't year 10 approaching year 11 and every pay-per-view part of the ones in the holidays obviously I'd oi turn the turn the telly off get some sleep that kind of uh, shout through the walls so I had the pay-per-view on with no sound and then all of a sudden it just went to the audience and it was on the audience and, and I'm trying to kind of... I, I guess I must have known something was up but I was just like, oh, whatever they're doing, I, I can't watch this because I'm not really watching anything. So I turned it off and then I woke up the following morning to a news announcements on GMTV and I want to say it was Penny Smith 
was the one who broke the news to me. And, uh, yeah, and obviously it was just like, oh, good. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, it's like you saw, we didn't know him on any level whatsoever, apart from we used to watch him on TV, and he was consistently on TV for throughout, years. Yeah, throughout our you know, he entire never wrestling fandom. Yeah, he he, was... he'd never gone away for any yeah. substantial amount of time. You know, like we were obviously, uh, you know, I can remember, I wanted to, I wanted to tell him this, but when Bret Hart left the WWE as a 13-year-old boy, I was like, I needed, I needed therapy. Do you know what I mean? I was like, what do you mean he's left the WWF? Um, so anyway, and then obviously his brother tragically dies the way he dies. So um, it was like, oh, that was a big hit for me as a kid to think, oh, that well, that might have been because my, my, both my grandparents at the time, I think that might have been the first time I'd ever dealt with death, even though it was someone on the telly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like real life. Yeah, and death. I think like I think that um, this might be I don't know. Like so, I think that wrestlers. I don't know how people look to, to celebrities today, but like I don't think it's the same with wrestlers these days. But like I think back in the, uh, it, and it might be for younger kids, but I think back in the day wrestling was so. I don't want to say it was more real because it really wasn't when you watch it. But like to me, like all these characters meant so much more to me, and I was I was actually emotionally invested in them and I felt like I knew them as as human beings even though I didn't know them at all so like with Owen you always think about Canadian Stampede when he was in the ring with his son and wife and you know and and maybe it's just the hearts in general you felt like you that I think that's the big thing is the hearts were like we are family we are real and and yeah they the hearts were real and they almost invited you into their family and were you you became a part of the family if you supported them does that make like see you know like even like when brett feuded with with jerry lawler like you know and and Stu and helen were involved and you really felt like you were you know that might you might hit nail on the head because it's almost like a it's like one of those things like despite being needed 20 years ago i'm a full-grown adult now in my own family i'm just like i don't think i've ever got over that death and I'm not the only person who I know. This is therapy for you, this podcast now, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'm the only person who I associate with who are, who are the same. You know, like, um, and again, I, I, I've had very brief dealings with him, but I didn't really know him. But like Kevin Owens named his son Owen. Do you know, that tells me he might be in the same sort of position. Yeah. Um, my friend Ian, you know, he, he named his son Brett. So, and I think if he had another boy, he'd probably no doubt called him Owen. So, um, yeah, there you go. Thank you for helping me deal yeah. with that. It's all right. Yeah. But, yeah, the hearts were just real. Yeah, and I think that's what it was, real, yeah. 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 Um, cool. <laughs> okay, thanks, everyone. I'll best go. No, uh, yeah, so that, that that was that. And um, and the reason why I wanted to ask that story, I thought it would tie, tie quite nicely to today's topic, the one we're going to start with, we're going to talk about the wrestlers that we have meted and greeted in our lives and somewhat, under somewhat musing circumstances. And then what we were going to start with was Bret Hart, wasn't it? Yeah, so we were going to, th- yeah. He was obviously Owen's brother. Yeah. Okay. Cool, are you yeah. okay? You look like you're about to burst into tears. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about, yeah, meeting and greeting professional wrestlers, our encounters with them as, as wrestling fans, and, and some stories formed from some meet and greets, like... That I've put together as a promoter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the interesting thing about our podcast is we can always look at, and and that you've been involved in as a wrestler as well. So like, I think the interesting thing is what I always say is I can always draw back to my experience as a fan, and I'm always trying to create experiences that as a fan I would have liked to to see. But then like deep down we're all still wrestling fans. Um, so for me, 
as we said, Bret Hart was my biggest hero ever. Um, and being able to, to put on a show with him on, um, when I originally did it, was like just so, so huge. Um, I was kind of, uh, yeah, we had a real nice time when he first came over. And then um, myself and Andy were putting on shows together in uh, Southampton, Portsmouth, Broxbourne. We did a, a few co-pros um, featuring Bret Hart. Um, and I guess it's your story to tell Andy, but I believe up until this point, you'd never had the opportunity to to meet Brett. No, right? I had met him. I met but, him at the FWA show. Oh, okay. But you hadn't had your picture taken with him? No, I just hadn't had my moment with him. Oh, okay, your moment. Like, my okay. moment with him. So, so you... more past the handshake. Yeah. So, oh, so I can tell you, so like you used to talk about the FWA show. So Brett Hart was always my hero. Yeah. Right. I was obviously running IPW at the time um, when FWA wound up having Brett Hart over. Um, and and like they did it on the same day that we were running an IPW show with Teddy Hart and Harry, Harry Smith, Smith, right? And I couldn't believe, and I work for FWA regularly, and I couldn't believe I've missed my opportunity to um, meet Bret Hart. And I was like, this was you my to, opportunity. Settle, and, inverted commas, settle for his nephew. And, like, and part of it, I thought was quite... To me, it was very. Um, it was. It, it told a big story in the in the sense of like, well, FWA was relying on Bret Hart to sell out their show, and like again, this is this is just I don't know. But to me, like while FWA was relying on Bret Hart to sell tickets to their shows, because there was a time when they were really in a downturn, wasn't it? Yeah, they were um, nearly done, really. And uh, at IPW, we had Teddy Hart, the future. Well, we didn't really know it, but like he. Everyone assumed. Yeah, if 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 all the stars had aligned and he wasn't cray cray, mm-hmm. we had the future of um, professional wrestling when FWA was just dwelling on the past and IPW's ethos versus FWA. And like again, I've I've just seen so many times people have just this misconception about well, when IPW came along, um, what they what they did and other promotions were able to do is do what FWA did but on a local basis, they were able to charge cheaper for ticket prices. So now FWA lost their unique um, their unique pool of, um, you know, using international talent that you can't see anywhere else because and charging a premium for it because you can see it at IPW for half a price, right? I think that was a misconception and that was a, the thing that FWA people and people backstage would tell themselves in order to justify their... Um, well, their downturn. Great, yeah. When I looked at it, and I looked at the guys we were using, so we were using guys like yourself in a prominent position, which you weren't in FWA at the time. We're using guys like Martin Stone, who was and Leroy Kincaid, like who are Alex's security, security lackeys. Yeah. We're using guys like Spud, Jack Storm, who at that time were nothing. We're using guys like Pack, who hadn't, you know, gone ventured into FWA yet. You know, we were using all those um, you know, fresh, exciting names. And we and if, if anything, y- yes you can say that IPW copied FWA's model in a way, but it copied FWA's model in a let's take underused, young, excited young talent who want to do something more than just have a painting by numbers match. Let's take that talent and give them a platform to to shine. That's where we emulated FWA. It wasn't the let's take a random import and put him in right. this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say, like, um, it very much summed up FWA versus IPW in the sense of IPW had the future of British, uh, future professional wrestling, and FWA had the past of wrestling. That's kind of how I felt at the time. 
but nonetheless I was absolutely devastated but I wasn't able to meet Bret Hart and I don't know if it came before or after but obviously 1PW used Bret Hart in the shows that I was, wasn't involved with yeah. and then I came in the next I want to say the next the show after yeah, the yeah. Bret Hart so show so the timeline is I think the Bret Hart we've touched on this before where I ne- I w- so like I was desperate to meet him oh yeah well. you were going to be on the show weren't and you then then they took me off the show. those were even right. January or February of 06 and then and then in April of 06 April 30th it was 2006 yeah. so so I've missed Bret Hart again. So you'd missed right? him twice. And then in May, I started working for 1PW. Yeah. Right. So then, um, and then um, 1PW folded. No, no, so when it folded originally, that's when I stopped working for 1PW. And then Brett came back again for 1PW towards the end. Yes, he, yes, he did. Right? He? Yeah, of course. And I wasn't there either. Yeah. So I was like, I'm never going to get to meet <laughs> Brett Hart. And then finally I put it together and did my own mm-hmm. show with Brett. And I got, I got to meet him. And it was just the great experience. And I think that's what you're alluding to. You had met him at that FWA oh, show. but just and, like a and, hello, you know. And you, and you knew about my lovely experience with the Chinese and... You know, we went for Chinese and we had a good. Oh, uh, the, when, when you with, had when him I up, when I had him over. That's right. Yeah, uh, I was on probation. Was and, like, with uh, the, the soon to be wife, so I had to yeah. get home and and um, and our friend Craig, who listened, he was absolutely hammered. So I oh, that was sure a, the first home. night, wasn't it? Yeah. Craig was hammered. Yeah. So like, yeah, we we spent a couple of nights with Brett, and uh, and it was great. It was brilliant, and like he was a true gent, and like and again, like I think that's one of the things that everyone talks about who gets to spend time with how just how just what a nice person he is and like how he enjoys talking about wrestling and, and like really because he's got no, uh, you know, you get some people who, who get to that level and they're like, I'm not talking about that. Do you know what I mean? Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, And they they wind up resenting the business a little bit. Um, It's almost like, you know, the, the line of car, you know, I I just want to, when I get in the car, I want to talk about anything but wrestling. Yeah. uh, That's all. That's all I want to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Well, we'll just sit in silence then because, yeah. you know, I'm not really... So, so yeah, so, like, that's... Uh, and Brett's the complete opposite. He wants to talk wrestling and he's yeah. happy to talk about old stories and whatever. So you you knew that experience. You hadn't had your Bret Hart experience. No, not fully. Um, no. But you were about to, but before you had it, so we did a couple of shows. Um, and when Brett f- did the first show, he was very tired, wasn't he? But he'd literally just got off a flight that day and... Um, yeah, and I was like, oh. But Brooks, uh, the, the, the world Brooks famous Brooksman yeah. Civic Hall. And uh, and I was like, oh, maybe uh, maybe Brett's not going to be very nice this time. Yeah. He's very tired. Like, And we let him go. Like, He did his thing first instead of last, and I let him go straight after his match. And the next day, he was like, he obviously did his meet and greet and everything. It was, he was lovely to all the fans, but um, I was like, oh. But then the next day, he was back and full of life, and it just turns yeah. out he'd, he'd just had a long flight and was just knackered. I'd interrupted um, him taking some... And I, I don't mean any illegal, but he was taking some tablets, some medication would be a better word. And uh, this was on the Friday downstairs in Broxbourne in the changing rooms. He had kind of his head down. I wasn't sure if he was asleep, but I, I kind of assumed he wouldn't be asleep, otherwise he'd have fallen over. But I, uh, I said, oh, hi, Brett, I'm Andy. It's really nice to meet you. And he kind of looked up and he, it was just like one of those, like, oh, I couldn't have picked, it's just me to a T. Just couldn't have picked <laughs> any worse time than when he's taking some medication. So that was really embarrassing. Um, so I had a brief moment with him then, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then he did the Saturday, everything was great. And then we did the Q&A in Portsmouth on the Sunday. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a sub-story to, uh, to this in the first place. So it, 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 just a sub-story to our meeting with him. So meet and greets can be quite complicated, mm. right? But I, over the years, I think I've kind of perfected them. So when we do the big names, like I've done, like we've done Kurt Angle, Sting, Bret Hart, um, do the Q&A, meet and greet afterwards. Uh, I'd obviously just re- essentially just replicating the exact same Q&A meet and greet format I used with Brett the first time he came over. I thought the meet and greet I thought was great. 
um, the Q, sorry, Q and A was great. Now we were doing pictures with Brett afterwards. Now we always find that when we're doing it with the big stars, it's so much easier for us to take the picture and then to give it to them after the people afterwards, rather than people messing around with their camera phones and, and whatever yeah. have you. Now I'd given the camera to Dan McGee, right? Who again we've been discussing, haven't we? Like, yeah, yeah. Dan McGee. And I said to Dan McGee, I said, Dan, can you just get a few pictures of me and Brett? sat together with me interviewing Brett as a as a nice you know we've got pictures we've got pictures of us like together as like me being a fan next to Brett Hart but let's just prove that I worked with him shall we Mm -hmm. Dan's like yeah sure he takes a couple of crap pictures (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and he leaves the camera turned on right then it gets the time for like 200 fans to meet Brett Hart Dan takes a couple of pictures the camera runs out of battery. And you, I said to you as well, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, I bring your, that as much. But, I said, but can you remember, I said, bring your camera and you forgot your camera. Do you remember? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I said, just in case we uh, have any problems, bring your camera. Yeah. And you'd forgotten your camera. And Dan's thing ran out of battery. The camera, the, the camera for taking the pictures, mm-hmm. the professional camera ran out of battery. And we didn't have any spare batteries. And it was a, like, it was a camera battery. It was a Sunday and we had to have to charge the, charge the deal up. So... Or we we had f- a solution though, didn't we? Yeah, well, we had two solutions. One was to take the to just film it <laughs> and take stills Sorry. from the film. Yeah, and the other was to have someone with an iPhone taking the the pictures. But we had to make it look like the we were, were using the professional better, better <laughs> cameras. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and unfortunately, the person taking the pictures because the iPhone is a perfectly good, very good camera and could take good enough pictures that people would be happy with. But unfortunately, the person who was using the iPhone didn't um, reveal the fact that they were terrible at taking pictures okay. with an iPhone. Give me the if you want to reel on air. Give me the initials. It rhymed with whose. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> You've got nothing. <laughs> it rhymed with whose? Moose, booze, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, O, J, K, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Suze. Right, okay. Right. Oh, I didn't realise that. Okay. So, uh, so she goes like, halfway through, she's like, oh, my pictures aren't very good. Mm. I was like, oh, that'd be fine. Don't worry about it. Because how can you, do you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. <laughs> But she was right. The pictures weren't very good. Okay. So then I wound up having going back to, you know, me do, doing everything for the save. I wound up taking the the still that take getting the video, literally taking freeze frames from the video of every single person who was sat with Bret Hart. Yeah, but you wouldn't know though. To be fair, well, like you he said, do you know how you wouldn't know on <clears throat> most of them? Where Suze was using the flash on her iPhone. Okay. But at some point, she decided to stop using the flash. Or there was something she didn't use a flash on. Because when you used the flash, there was good enough lighting to catch a great still. Okay. But when there was no flash, mm. it became an issue. Okay. And, like, no one knew where they were looking. They never knew what camera they were looking at. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but we got through it. But we got through it, didn't we? We did get through it. And no one, as far as I'm aware, made any complaints. No one complained. Everyone was really happy. No refunds were given. No. So... And the Q&A was great. Yeah, the Q&A was good. I remember, actually, like I said last week, I get a cold every three months. I remember being at the sack at the back of the room in the middle of one of my coughings because I had this cold. I had a cold. Like, I remember coming down the cold at Broxbourne on the Friday night. Saturday night, I managed to get through a match. Um, 
and commentary and be ill. And then the Sunday I was just like dying. And I remember trying to hold, trying to suppress this cough the whole way through this Q&A so I didn't ruin everyone's night. So um, if you're watching the Q&A and you hear Bob Fleming constantly <laughs> coughing, he's a character from the far show, you probably wouldn't know. And um, that would be me. So, uh, yeah. But we managed to get through it all right and it was a good night. So, And um, then at the end, of course, I had a bright idea. I said, right, I've still not had my... Still not had my my shoot interview with Bret Hart yet. So you were like a... Have you seen Gavin and Stacey? Have you watched Gavin and yeah, Stacey? Yeah. You know that one of the greatest things in Gavin and Stacey is Chinese Alan. Yeah. They talk about Chinese Alan. They build him up and yeah. build him up and build him up. And you think he's going to be a little Chinese man walking. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a normal bloke who's completely English, completely the opposite of Chinese. And he just walks in. He's like, oh, it's Chinese <laughs> Alan. Anyone up for a Chinese? <laughs> and that was you. Yeah. <laughs> That was me. Let's go for a Chinese. And like, yeah. we only asked a select few people if they wanted to come with us as well. Like, mm-hmm. the chosen few. And we did ask one person. Yeah. Who, who his exact response were like, "No, I don't want to go for a Chinese because I've got nothing on the menu that I like." Yeah, yeah, I don't like Chinese. And I'm food. just like, we're going for a Chinese with Bre- the Hitman Heart. Uh-huh. Just come and, and get just, a tap water. Yeah. If you must, like, have some chips. Yeah. Yeah, but he was on a diet, wasn't he? Which is slightly commendable, but in my mind, it blew my mind. You've got to take these opportunities. Yeah. Like, you I never don't know. think we've gone for a Chinese with Brett since, have we? No, we haven't. No. no. So no. I'm not sure we ever but will. he's again. over soon, isn't he? So maybe we can... Oh, he's down in Brighton Maybe soon, we can reconnect. Well, my friend Ian, uh, who I said has a son called Brett, named after Brett Hart, they're like buds. Yeah, like, I proper hooked that up for him, didn't I? Yeah, and uh, he, uh, he bought Ian a bottle of champagne when Ian told Brett his wife was pregnant and... Uh, he let Ian buy him dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he hooked up tickets for an NXT event when they were in Florida as well for him. So um, you're very welcome, Ian. Because I like to think, although you set it up, you say, Andy, I think that second trip solidified uh, their friendship. So Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so we went for the Chinese, didn't we? And then, and then obviously, the, honestly, we're getting to end this story. I've never had a picture taken with Bret Hart. So... Um, I was adamant I was going to get one. Time was running out. I thought I have contributed an awful lot of money to getting him here. I just want one photo with Bret Hart. So I thought, uh, I mean, I'm quite communal. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like, <laughs> quite communal. Yeah, but which I mean, like, I'm not really that bothered about getting a picture of Bret Hart. Just me and Bret Hart, you know, thumbs up. Like, I'd rather get a picture of all my friends and Bret Hart, and we're all together. So we're in this Chinese, and we asked the waiter uh, politely, "Can you take a picture?" And he took quite possibly the worst photograph. Uh, uh, no, it is because I had to send it to our friend James Musselwhite, who edited okay. it and did the best he could. Right, so the lights are shining down on us all. You know, it's uh, so James say, saved it. So you say it's the worst photograph, but I've seen worse. Like it was, it was not a very good photograph considering the the um, magnitude of the situation. Hmm. However, the photograph was fine, um, and really. I guess that's a little bit of karma for the battery running out on everyone at the yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. So just take it for what it is and be happy. We got that photograph, and you got your moment. We had the we had the stories. We had the meet and greet, and it was just uh, it was a, a lovely evening. time. Yeah, yeah. What we we um, regularly describe as the most expensive Chinese we've ever had. But what? Uh, but it was a again like you can't put you know like those Barclay card adverts and you know, like. Dinner with Bret Hart, Chinese with Bret Hart, priceless. Yeah. And that's for me what it was. It was like, I thought it was great. Yeah, so no, I agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to talk just a couple more meet and greets because we do this deal where like we discuss like all this stuff we're going to talk about in an episode. Um, and then what happens is uh, we then wind up spending 20 minutes talking about non-wrestling stuff yeah. and our gripes with the world and Andy's therapy sessions. And then... Uh, 
by the time it comes round to it, we're then... Uh, we've not got any time. We've yeah. got nearly 48 minutes. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so, so another meet and greet. Uh, you know, when we talked about it, we... Uh, before we were recording, he said, well, you could, you know, I've got this story, that story, but my mind's got completely blank. Okay, well, uh, the first thing I was going to talk about is um, when we went, we, we, we didn't know each other at the time, but we were both in the same place at the same time, as was the majority of the British wrestling industry at that time. Um, not that I was in the British wrestling industry at that time, but I was a, I was a goer of shows. Supporter, um, weren't you? I was a supporter, just wrestling supporter. Yeah. And, uh, when WCW came to the United Kingdom, yes, okay, for their Nitro shows at the London Arena, um, and there was a certain wrestler doing meet and greets there, wasn't there, Andy? There was, yeah. So I went to uh, I went to the house show in like early two thousand that ended up on like Watchdog because the poster had Goldberg, Kevin Nash. Oh, did it went, really? Yeah, but, the, but funny enough, I think the main event was Big Vito in a tag team. Wow, match. and we'll get to Big Vito another day. Oh, I can't but wait to needs, do that one. Yeah, we need the the, the roasting of Big Vito. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I met. This is how much a wrestling mark. And like when people say like Mark is, I mean like literally WWF, WCW. I didn't care. Like I just Johnny loved. the Ball. No, worse. Uh, the Cat Ernest Miller. Worse. Well, I um, say worse. He was nice, but like. <laughs> um, hang on, hang on. Um, uh, I'd have queued up for this as well. I thought this was worth my time and money because you had to buy a book. I think. Van Hammer. Worse. Um, Should I give you it? Can I have a clue first? Well, no, because the only two clues just gives it away. Okay. Shay from the Nitro Girls. Oh, really? I was just like, she's a Nitro Girl? Like, wow, I need to meet... I think it's Shay. C-H-A-E, I think. Uh, I think that's her name. Anyway, I queued up, bought my 15, my 15 quid book, and got an autograph with one of the Nitro Girls. Yeah. Which is quite more successful than your meet and greet that you tried to have. Uh, probably there would have been the TV taping. The TV taping at London Arena. Yes. Yes. Who were you? Who did? Who did you meet, Andy? I met no one. No one. Oh I dear. nearly, I nearly met Sting. Okay. So the story to this is, um, so this is for anyone who follows my saga. This was years after I couldn't go to that WWE house show, WWF house show in ninety ninety three. We've established from that letter, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but you got free tickets then. Yes. Yeah. Go back and listen to the episode if you haven't heard it. But, um, so this is 93 and this is now, would it, would it be 2000? Yeah, end 2000, wasn't it? Yeah. So seven years later, I get my redemption <laughs> and I'm going to WCW and my mum's coming with me. And we, you know how we went? You have told me, but so we went tell on the a, listeners. So we went on a coach trip from the, the papers. You know, the paper used to do like a coach trips, a local paper, the Evening Echo mm-hmm. used to do coach trips. So it used to be like a, you know, you have, um, I don't know, like to West End shows. Yeah, mainly. I think you still do them. Yeah, yeah, and like you go, you can go for dinner and the show. So or it was like a little travel agent. Yeah, it's one up in Cosham. Funny enough, yeah, it's okay. A physical shop. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was like that. I remember seeing that in the local paper. I was like, oh my god, we need to go. Like my mum was like, oh, I'll pay for my ticket if you can, if you can pay for yours with your your paper rounds. Right, and that was a lot of money. Like even then, like even yeah, when we had a bit more money at the time. Twenty-seven. Yeah, 30, save, um, and like um. So I saved up the money to go from the paper round. My mum gave me loads of money when I got there. I was like, ching, I bought everything. I, bought, uh, I had a uh, Vampiro mask. I got one of those, yeah. So like bet- yeah. between my, my paper round and my mum's uh, mm-hmm. subsidising, yeah. um, I got a Vampiro mask. I got like a pennant with, uh, I want to say, 
I can't remember who was on the pennant. I've got a pennant. Okay. I can't remember who was on it. I've got a uh, a Jeff Jarrett slap nuts. No. Uh, yeah, it was a slap. It was like a yellow one. It was a silver one, sorry. Silver silhouette of him holding his guitar up. What, a t-shirt? JJ, yeah, t-shirt. Okay. I got that. And maybe I got one or two other things. I don't know. But I just I was just in my element. But anyway, on the way into the building, um, there was a wrestler stood at the merchandise. Like, it was opposite the merchandise table as you came in to your right-hand side. And it was almost like it was just like a vending ice cream booth gimmick. Yeah. With just someone stood there. And that someone was a man called Sting. Yeah. Right? Who stood there, right? I'm like, Mom, it's Sting. And she was like, uh, I don't think that's really Sting. I was like, yes, you can meet him. You can meet him. Right? <laughs> And she's like, I don't think it really is Sting. Should we go and check? It's like, says, no, everyone's queuing up. Let's queue. She's like, let's go and check before we queue up and not. All right. So we go, walk to the front. It is Sting. So by this time, the queue's getting really long. Yeah. Literally, I go back to the back of a queue. As I literally get to the back of a queue, literally, there's two people in. Like, there was two people in front of me and myself. Right. Lines cut. No more. No more. Really? So I was three people away from meeting Sting. Yeah. I didn't get to meet Sting. So the only way I could rectify that was paying him loads of money to come <laughs> and see. <laughs> yeah, I have my moment. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's tragic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So not to bring Brett Harp again, you probably. But didn't you say you met Sting there? I, I'm so I'm ninety nine percent confident I'd have. I remember meeting Sting there. But did you not get a picture or anything? Not a photo. I wouldn't. He, have he was signing stuff for free. Yeah, there I was like pictures. He, he was signing for free. Maybe I'd have brought a program, maybe my ticket. Yeah, I would have got a picture with my. Uh, Polo with my uh, wind-up camera at the time, you know, disposable oh, yeah. camera. Oh, that's what. That's how I would have got my picture with Sting. Yeah. You know where you used to get the wind-up camera, mm. take the picture, take the and then like hope you just the hope for the best. Yeah. yeah. We never used to. We used to send those because it was cheaper. Like we had like bonus print or something like that. Okay. We used to send it off. And it'd come through in the post like 21 days later or tw- maybe even like, do you know what I mean? Longer yeah. than that. 28 you know? days sometimes. Yeah. 28 yeah. days. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I'm. Pretty confident I met him. I'll try and dig out the program, like I said. Just want to rub it, rub it in, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I've got a program as well. No, not signed by anyone. I'm lucky. I got to meet meet Big Vito in later years as well. Yeah, there you go. There you go. He was on that show. Um, Yeah, he was hardcore match, and I think believe in that match. If you go back and watch it on the network. You see, like people like Dean As, and uh, yeah, I think cause you see you see Mark Sloan in it. Mark, so I was Alex Shane. Yeah, so I want to say Mark and Alex were like three rows in front of me so like if you really want to hunt it down there's me and my school friends but they were also um paper boys for my mum and dad and we all went the three or four of us and we had signs bright orange card that said oh it must be three of us jade news crew <laughs> right because that's my that's favorite a, that shop. sounds like the crew i'd like to be in <laughs> yeah so if you go back and watch that uh You'll be able to see three you, signs. I've got a question. Did your parents get any uh, any other business off the back of uh, the well, back I'd of that? Say, I'd say probably not because I think if you go look at it on telly, you'll just see three orange bits of cards as opposed to like well, well yeah, drawn. It's, it's, weird, it's weird, isn't it, how back in those days you you felt like it was good quality TV, but when you look mm. back at it, even on the network where they feel like obviously got the best quality version of it, it's just all like, yeah. like I, I like I always remember like when when standard definition versus HD and like nah, I can't even tell the difference. Yeah, you can, can't you? You can now, yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like whatever. Um, you're one who's adamant that Blu-ray is the greatest form of uh, of video of media. You know, yeah, like visual entertainment. Just, oh, it's bl- Blu-ray. Oh, bloody brilliant that yeah, Blu-ray. I love like the Blu-rays. Yeah. yeah, waste of money. I don't buy any of them now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't buy it like we said earlier. I don't buy anything from there. We're but all about digital content like rpwondemand.com, aren't we? That's very true. 
Um, but right, so let's think some more meet and greet stories. So what about? So I say like I, I'm a connoisseur. Well, I'm not a connoisseur, but I put on a lot of meet and greets across the years. Um, now, one of the very first big meet and greets I did was uh, when I did my first show at York Hall Bethnal Green, which I think uh, we, we, probably one of the worst afternoons of my life. Right. So let me explain a few things. So like, I always used to think so meet and greets Bethnal Green. Like so, I used to charge a ticket price to get into to the meet and greets at Bethnal Green. Right. So I think we used to charge maybe. I don't want to say, I want to say £15 to come in. You literally got signed stuff by everyone, but some wrestlers decided they wanted to charge for stuff separately for autographs, which I never saw any money of. And people would then come back to me and moan, saying, like, we paid for a meet and greet and we didn't, you know, we wound up having to pay an extra £10 for a picture with so-and-so. So that's why we wound up having to modify the thing. And it works out better for wrestlers. Truth be told, it works out better for myself as well, um, in the sense of now for meet and greets, you purchase... Uh, each individual wrestler you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a case of people, I don't know, not realising they were on to a good thing at the time, I guess. Because um, they were getting a hell of a deal. Like, they are paying 15 quid or whatever it was. It might have been 30, I don't know. Like, They were paying one price yeah. to have the opportunity to meet everyone. And eight out of ten people would have signed their stuff for free. But, you know, people like to know what they're paying for. And that's fair enough. So we've modified the system since then. So now you pay for who... Who you want to meet, mm. that person gets a monetary contribution from it, and I get a little <laughs> on the side. Yeah. So, um, works for everyone. Now, the first short call show is just a, literally a flat rate, pay your fee. Now, I had all the wrestlers uh, on the event, at the show, on the meet and greet, signing stuff. Over to you, Andy. So, I'd like to say, no, I know this for a fact, either the meet and greet opened, I don't... I don't look at myself as anyone, like, unless in this, this show, like, you know, like whether we're in like a town hall show, you know, like an American Super Slam wrestling show or a holiday camp show, I get it. People, the kids just want to come up, give a high five from the wrestler, get an autograph on their poster or their program or whatever. But when I'm sat in a room with, you know, Jushin Liger, who, who like we said before, was the first time he'd been over in years. Um, Harry Smith was, you know, debatable how many people wanted to meet him, but like, but people did want to meet him. Uh, Colt Cabana was there. Uh, Prince Devitt was there. And the first person they encountered with is a table. <laughs> the first table. And there's no way around it. This was the way. It's like uh, the bar. It was in the bar in York Hall, wasn't it? So if you've been there, you'll know. Uh, the table was myself, Rampage Brown, Chris Travis, Martin Kirby, and maybe one other. And it couldn't have been worst one of the worst experience bit like that thing we talk about when I get roped into doing things and when I'm doing it it's like I'm not doing wow. this again it wasn't that bad was it it was pretty bad uh, because uh, you know I know these people haven't come haven't paid their £15 to come and get an autograph for me I mean some people did don't get me wrong but like there was there was enough people there to make our table just feel like why are we even here like this is so uh, it, it was just embarrassing Okay, so it's embarrassing for us. It's embarrassing for the people who are walking past us who have come to see Jushin Liger. Probably don't even know who we are, but oh, these guys must be wrestlers. And all I will say is thank God for two people, one of them being Crusher Curtis and the the other being Buff. We call him Buff, but his real name is Jordan, who couldn't have made a bigger fuss and made a big joke, not a joke out of the thing, but like they were very fun about it and they were kind of laughing with us about it as opposed to like, yeah. So thank God they were there to make it that little bit easier. Um. Yeah, <laughs> so, and something I've learned from this as well is like um, 
we always want to make the wrestlers uh, again. Like I, I, my, I, I don't want stuff like that to happen. I don't want it to look like the British wrestlers aren't as big as the, uh, you know. The, but even the, this the, was like five years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like it's now, it's it's different now. The British yeah, wrestlers even five years, like actually five years is a long time. It's half yeah, a decade. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, British wrestlers are held in that far more higher regard now, I think, across the board. Yeah, and, that, and it was like stepping stones, isn't it? One thing at a time. Like, yeah. you have to have bigger shows first before we can then start to see British wrestlers as bigger stars. That's a good point, yeah. Um, so, what comes first, chicken or the egg? Mm-hmm. I think another big thing as well is like learning how to market the British stars better. Um, so, for example, like now, um, so uh, because of that experience, like I always tried to learn, I always tried to evolve. We kept the British guys off the meet and greets for a while, but then people started wanting to see the British stars because there was a demand for them. Then we'd add a couple of British stars onto the meet and greets, um, but you'd pre-buy your your tickets. So whilst it might not be as popular as uh, the um, some of the imported acts who you can only see once, twice a year at the most, um, you know, whilst they might not be as popular as that, there is a lot of wrestlers who, uh, a lot of British wrestlers. Um, you know, who people just don't get the opportunity really to see because they see them wrestle on a regular basis, but they just don't get the opportunity to meet them because they're always on the go, you know? Um, so we give people that opportunity now. Um, like I say, they might not be as popular as those guys because, you know, granted, they, they know they've got the opportunity to see those guys more times elsewhere, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we, because we build them on the same level as the imports and it costs the same amount of money to see a British guy as it does an import, it then... I believe it does something for the psyche in the sense it puts them on the same level as them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like um, perception is reality, I believe. And uh, and I think that's a big part of it. Now, one issue I have encountered a lot, all the British guys always ask to be on the meet and greets, which is no issue whatsoever. But then they always have this amazing ability to not turn up on time for the meet and greet. Okay. So meanwhile, I've got one wrestler who's come all the way from Japan who's managed to make it on time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, got someone who's come from down the road who turns up you know, after a session, there's been a number of times, and sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes, like, you get wrestlers who come up from abroad and the flight gets delayed and whatever have you, and you, we have to do the best make good we can in terms of, like, you know, they'll be signing during the show, so just bring your stuff to them during the show. They'll, they'll make sure they don't miss you, and, you know, if you want to switch for someone else, you can do. But, like, um, yeah, just nine times out of ten, the British wrestlers, they, they want to do these meet and greets, but then they don't turn up on time, so don't get them done. I don't think they realise the gravity of the situation. No. You know, people paid to meet them, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's happened a number of times. Mm-hmm. Like last show, Travis Banks was the oh, last really? offender. He okay. Yeah, he he missed the meet and greet altogether. And, like, uh, they all wanted to drive, because uh, traditionally, the we've discovered when we run shows in your call during a weekday, um, like that was a Friday night. Um, when we run during the weekdays, it's better for for the guys to catch the train, even though it'll work out cheaper than all to jump in a car because the traffic around that central East London area is so busy on a Friday during rush hour and whatever have you, people trying to get away for the weekend, that um, it's just quicker to get the train, mm-hmm. right? But they wanted to drive and I said, one condition, you're on time for the meet and greet. I got an ETA of their arrival. I would be there at five o'clock, the exact time the meet and greet finishes. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You had one job. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always frustrating. And you have to explain to the fans. And, you know, for the most part, they're understanding. But, like, I could understand if they wouldn't be because, you know, we've advertised that this is going to happen at this time. and We need to deliver the event as professionally as possible. Um, so it's just kind of funny. Sometimes the British guys can't make the meet and greets. Yeah. But the, Ruin it for themselves. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. And then it's like, well, why don't you put us on the meet and greet? Because we can't trust you to turn up on time. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that sometimes happens. Um, 
And one, I, I, probably a few more stories to tell, but like I just want to tell this one quickly. Um, so I got all the prints for, this was a show, I think it was, I want to say it's High Stakes last year. Um, but it was Yoshihashi versus Pete Dunn was a match on the show anyway, I remember that. And um, all the... Um, all the uh you get all the prints ordered in advance and they all arrive in a box yeah yeah. so like i've got this habit of not checking the the boxes (laughs) just you know they turn up so we unpack the boxes and we lay them out we lay out the the pictures on the tables of where the guy's going to be sat so we've laid out all the pictures we're like hang on a minute there's no uh there's no pictures for yoshihashi (laughs) right and i always say like i swear the york hall shows uh in Bethnal Green, East London, by the market, right? But I swear that always like, um, I always say to joke to the guys, it's like an episode of The Apprentice. Like once I forgot my shoes and I had to go and buy a pair of shoes. Um, once I had to get a haircut, so I had to find get a haircut. Once I forgot the, the bits of carpet for underneath the ring posts mm-hmm. so it doesn't scratch up the floor. Yep. So we had to run that run out and find the carpet for the ring posts, you know. Yeah. Um, once we needed a table, so we had to find a table. You know, like it's always like an episode of The Apprentice and I always joke, like, well, at the end of the day, one of you will get fired. <laughs> um, so um, on this day, <laughs> the item that we needed to get was Prince of Yoshihashi. <laughs> Oh, we need to get it at a reasonably affordable price because I'm sure I don't know how familiar everyone is with print. If you order in bulk and you order from the good plate printers, it doesn't cost much money. But to, Just give me a shout you know, out, instantprint.co.uk. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but if you order from uh, high street places, it can be very expensive, especially if you, uh, if you get your, um, you know, if you're only getting five, six, whatever. They, you know, they want, you know, X amount of money per per deal and it also it's got to be reasonable quality and anyway Dan McGee's like okay don't worry I'll, I'll go out and I'll find it right so Dan McGee in London <laughs> he's not funny <laughs> in London you have bus lanes right um, so the traffic might be standstill in the road but the traffic like buses and taxis can run freely down the, the bus lanes um, and you get mega fines if you run yourself down a bus lane right mm-hmm. um, so Dan McGee comes running out onto Bethnal, like, you know, out the front of York Hall. He's, like, got his memory stick in hand, right? And he's going to go in all these print shops and, uh, and get, the, uh, get, the, uh, get the job done, you know. He's, he's going to get the best price, and he wants to be hired as my apprentice, right? So he runs out into the street, right into a bus lane. Boom! <laughs> and a bus <laughs> smashes him. <laughs> And he gets run over, literally gets run over by a bus. Yeah. And like at this point, and this is how crazy wrestling is. He doesn't think, am I like, okay. He gets back to his feet. And he's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And starts running because he's like, I can't not get these Yoshihashi prints because people have paid for them. And then he proceeds to then go in shop after shop after shop after shop, getting like... That's going to cost you 250 quid. That's going to cost you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like all yeah. these ridiculous prices for the prints. And he comes back with the prints in hand, having been hit by a bus. And, uh, and now you hired and suffice him, to say, he got hired. Yeah. So He's more worried that you were going to give, give him a bollocking. 
I'm not that horrible. You got hit by a bus. Who cares? You're still alive. <laughs> Get back out there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's almost like that's the that's a, that's the kind of the show must go on mentality of professional wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he gets hit by a bus, yet he still manages yeah. to get the prince come well, back. It's installed in certain people, isn't yeah, it? O- yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why, but that's why he's going to achieve stuff in the wrestling business. And some people who would just be like, oh. <laughs> some people you know. just drop down dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, lucky escape though. Like no, absolutely well. a lucky escape because that yeah. could have been way more serious. But yeah, well, if you, if if Yoshi has you turn up no eight by ten, I know exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Lucky escape. Yeah. Um, so there you go. There's a few stories from from some meet and greets. Uh, we mm. got there in the end, didn't we? With a, a bit of a, an episode yeah. and a topic and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there was also the time, just to quickly throwing it out there, when I was a kid and I got a picture taken with Virgil. So it was interesting because you can see a picture. I tweeted Virgil. I've not got a reply as to his, you know, his comeback yet. There you go. No, yeah, he replied to you, but he didn't reply to the booking request. Oh, do you? oh, okay. Yeah, he's he he thinks you versus him will be money. Yeah. But like, I've got a picture of Virgil, um, and when I met Virgil, I remember this is so funny. I just remember dropping all my coins on the table, <laughs> right, and all or over the floor, like, all over the floor. So like, like maybe he, like I can't remember. No, I think so. Like I think a... so. I think I gave him like. Uh, attempt like maybe I paid him in coins or maybe he gave me changing coins yeah. but like whatever happened my coins wound up going flying and I remember Virgil helping to pick my money oh, up off the floor really? and like uh, you know these days I can see it more believable and him going in his pocket but like <laughs> uh, but like honestly he helped me pick up those coins um, oh, nice. so uh, so yeah so I then had another picture taken with him in New Orleans and I said to him I'm a promoter in England uh-huh. and he's like he still wanted $20 for a picture yeah. and I was like I'll tell you what Virgil, I was like, I'll give you this money. I was like, but I'm going to bring you to England, and we're going to take that money off your fur, off your booking fee. <laughs> right? And he's like, yeah, man, take my put your put your email address down on this piece of paper. Mm. And I tweeted at him, nothing. You know, the two pictures side by side, nothing. No. So will we or will we not get Virgil? To the UK to, f- to wrestle Andy Boyson because I've got the match as well. Yeah, so you told me. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. We won't reveal it just no, yet. No, no. But will we get him to the UK? Um, Fingers that's crossed. A, that's a question for another day. Mm. Um, See if we can get him a run on the camps for a week with Brian and going back to the old days. Maybe. You know, maybe. When he would come over. My friend, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but it's only to do with meet and greets, but it's to do with Virgil. Well, if but it's not to do with meet and greets, then you're out. Yeah, if it's got Virgil, it's quite funny. I don't think we'd ever touch upon it again, but they went to, they used to go to the shows monthly the order shop Princess Hall and nobody was advertised, nobody in particular was advertised. But like say if they saw Earthquake was gonna be there they'd go or you know, the bushwhackers were gonna be there they'd go. Nobody in particular was advertised. They take the the first match comes on, first music dun 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 and uh and I think I think that was Horace Hogan. So like you know, like you know, not the biggest name, almost like a bit of a Horace Hogan name now, but he was TV, you know, he was a big name in WCW for a bit. And, uh, but anyway, as the show went on, Virgil was on it, Marty Jannetty was on it, but no one had been advertised. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, it was mad. So, um, um, yeah, so Virgil re- does have a... It reminds me of my reaction when Mustafa Ali from the Gangsters came out during a, sh- <laughs> a local show at the South End Leisure and Tennis Centre. Really? And I was the only person in the world who knew who he was. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, EC Dub! EC Dub! EC Dub! And I said to him afterwards, I was like, oh, EC Dub, man, I love you. Like, whatever. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Not I love you. But I remember he was, and this is another one as well. He was, I saw him at the end of a show. And yeah. do you know where he was? Go on. He was at the bar. At the bar. Yeah. Who with? Uh, Steve Linsky. No. 
Virgil? No. Oh, uh, I don't know. Skull Murphy. Oh, really? There you go. Well, that's yeah. a fucking duo there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's a duo. That would have been a hell of Mustafa a Mustafa Ali and Skull Murphy <laughs> at the bar Skull... of the South End Tennis and Leisure <laughs> Centre. tell Skull Murphy you loved him as well? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're listening now, Skull. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I do. I've got your t-shirt. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we know. No one escapes a gator holding. And genuinely, uh, he was one of my favourites. He was. <laughs> he genuinely was. So, um, so yeah. Hopefully... and. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you didn't come to beat me up as well, Skull. Yeah. So there you go. We've brought it right round to another meet and greet with Mustafa Ali and Skull Murphy at the bar. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, sorry, again, this was the first time I'd heard the word straw used as well. Oh, okay. Because I was speaking to them, uh, and I want to say it was his show, but it was definitely at South End Tennis and Leisure Centre, and Paul Tyrell was there, and he was like, I was talking to one of the wrestlers, like getting an autograph or whatever. And he said very clearly, oh, here come the straws. Because like I started, I was talking to the wrestlers. And then you know like what happens is when you see, it's almost like you don't know whether you're allowed to go and talk to wrestlers, but when you see one fan doing it, yeah, you all come to do it. I never knew what straw meant. And then like obviously when I realised years later, I was like, that was really pretty, really not cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I think that was kind of the protective cover of it, though, is he, w- he assumed you know, didn't know what it meant. So Yeah, I know, but it was still horrible. It, it was uncalled for completely, yeah. but... Yeah. yeah. When you're such a when snowflake. You you're, you've survived. You're okay. Don't I worry. I did survive, yeah. Yeah. I'm still scarred. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I. But honestly, that, that, that you know, I always remembered that, because I, I always remember thinking, what does straw mean? Yeah. And then, like, you know, obviously, um, later on, and if you don't know what that. it means, don't ask me, because I won't tell you. So, yeah. Because <laughs> you're not in the business, you're, you're not, not in the business. You're not in the business, kid. <laughs> all right? <laughs> so anyway, that's all we've got time for this week. But we've told some stories. Yeah. Had did. a good time. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If anyone knows the whereabouts of my van, please <laughs> let me know. Well, I kind of feel a bit mean now. Let's tell the story of Straub. So Straub, me, so it's Strawberry Mivy. In wrestling, it's Divi, right? But our next girlfriend of mine, her mum was in the uh, Navy, and she said, I used the term straw as a bit of a joke. And she goes, oh, you use that term. I was like, well, not really, but I hear people use it. And she said, oh, we use it in the Navy, and it's civvy. Strawberry Mivy civvy, and strawberry Mivy is a, I think it's a sweet, isn't it? Like a Harry Bow strawberry Mivy. No, Harry Bow straws, actually, isn't it? Yeah, straws, yeah. Strawberry Mivy maybe was a drink. I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, just in case anyone thought, oh, what an idiot. Yeah. That's what strawberry. So they were calling Andy a divvy, basically. They weren't calling me a divvy. They were... Oh, they were. They're calling myself and the, the, those like <laughs> me. Those, those like me who also paid their ticket money to see them wrestle, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the reality of the situation is they were nobodies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the British wrestlers were. Yeah. And like, they should have been grateful I, for the attention. Yeah, the same absolutely. Way. I, I Never forsake times. your fans. Yeah, totally. Bret Hart, take a page out of Bret Hart's book. Yeah. Um, but like, but... Again, yeah, like the British wrestlers in those days were legitimately no one knew who they were. Players, yeah, they? like filler bill. Yeah, filler bill wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I just remember the names because I I used to write them down because <laughs> I'm a loser. <laughs> right? Did you write down the results? I used to take pictures. I did. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So a bit of history um, there. So yeah, maybe I'll post some results. You'll see my terrible handwriting. Yeah. So you used to get like a in the Rumble promotions and uh, Wrestling Alliance and. Big time wrestling or all star or super slam or whatever he was calling it <laughs> yeah. that weekend. Yeah. You used to get like a uh, just a you used to get the generic program, and I think a lot of them used to use the same programs. I guess they, I think you they know, probably did, yeah. You know, maybe uh, I don't know. 
maybe they all just shared to save money because Probably. printing in those days was a lot more expensive than it is now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and you used to get like an A4 piece of paper in there which had little lines, just verses, so it'd save a date and whatever, and it'd say line versus line. So you'd write it in, yeah. You see those? I think I think they, they date back years. I bet like, John Fremantle still does them. I guarantee you John Fremantle has some sort of paraphernalia from every show he's ever run. Whether it's the results, the results, the programs. I wish I did. A poster, mate. Uh, well, you can just reprint stuff now, though, can't you? Yeah. So. And like as we were saying at the start of the episode, you have to be... Hmm. We, we, this is the world we live in now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We, we don't like clutter. We don't like... No. So, there you go. Um, so, anyway, that's enough. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week after you follow me on Twitter at A-Quilden, A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. And at Boy Simmons, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. But before we go, oh. we have the show at the Ports of Guild Hall next week. Yes. Right, and there will be a meet and greet with <laughs> Cody and Brandy. Which I thought you might like to promote. We can promote it, yeah. Uh, but I kind of feel next week we might better get a guest on. Might not be Cody. I'm not saying he's going to be Cody. Who I'm just saying, on? Well, I don't know. Let's just look at the bill. Who's there? Who Who are you going to be least intimidated to ask, can you do our podcast? Um, it's going to be some Dan McGee. <laughs> anyone but Dan McGee. Uh, Come on, let's shoot for the moon. But we won't make any promises. Let's see what we can do. Okay. Okay. All right. It won't be Cody. Just <laughs> Okay. I'm good mates with his good mates. I'll see, I'll see what I can do. Who's your good mate? Oh, he doesn't talk to anyone, does he, Marty? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, we're done. We're done. We'll talk to you next week without a guest. We'll have a topic. We'll tell you about how spectacularly wrong the Cody meet and greet went. (laughs) We'll do meet and greets part two. Anyway, speak to you next week. Bye. Laters. Laters. (laughs) Laters. Ah.